0: Welcome everybody, welcome to you guys that are here in in, uh, person and special welcome to Marima, who is in the Dominican Republic watching us right now and also Xavier at uh, Furman University. So wanna give a shout out to them and thanks for uh, all the folks that are part of that online community. Hey, um, if you're new to the church, You've missed the last three months, and we've covered a lot. We've talked about God's will for our lives, and um, we've talked about the Holy Spirit and the role He plays in making that a reality, and we're kind of wrapping that up this morning. We're going to look at um, just how the Holy Spirit is, is like really a holy housekeeper in our lives. And so to do that, we're going to be in first or uh, first Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to be focusing on verses 23 and 24, but I want to keep it in context, so I'm going to be, begin reading at verse 16. So, if you have a church Bible, you want to follow along, it's page 1171. 1171. So, beginning at verse 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is Christ, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so what we've been talking about is that God desires for us to be joyful, prayerful, thankful people. And the only way that that is possible is that we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's 16 through 18. Then in verse 19, we pick up. And it says, "...do not quench the Spirit, do not tr- treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil." reject every kind of evil. And so um, when we commit our lives to following Jesus, we receive his spirit. His spirit comes and lives within us. And he's the one that begins to transform our lives so that we become more like Jesus, people who live and love and lead like Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower or a disciple of Jesus. And we need to be careful that we don't quench the spirit, that we don't hinder his work because God wants us to experience this abundant, adventurous life. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. So, that's that. And then we get to 23 and 24. It says, "May God himself, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful." and he will do it, and he will do it. So what does this word sanctify mean? What does this word sanctify mean? So to to sanctify is really to set apart, it's to purify, to make holy, it's to be free from sin. So to sanctify is to set apart, to make holy, to purify to be free from sin. That's what it means to sanctify. Now, it's a process. Um, it's a process that has a beginning, and it's a process that has an end. And the beginning is when we enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, and His Spirit comes and lives within us. That's the beginning of the process. And... Um, <laughs> At that point in time, when, when you make that commitment, when you receive his spirit, you are positionally sanctified. You are positionally sanctified. Here's what that means so that means because you're in this relationship with Jesus, that your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. Your past sins, they've been forgiven. Your, your present sins, forgiven. Even the sins that you are yet to commit, all forgiven. That, that God's presence is with you right now through his spirit, but he will always be with you forever and ever. That you will spend eternity with him. So right at that moment, that beginning, you are positionally sanctified. But then there's an end to it. There's actually an end event. And that's when Jesus comes back, when he returns to earth. And when he comes, then he's going to right all the wrongs. He's going to call his followers to be with him, both those that are living at the time and also those who have been dead. They will be resurrected and they'll have these new resurrection bodies. So it's an amazing thing. So, this sanctification is a process. You can be positionally sanctified. So, when you come to faith in Jesus, you are good. You're sanctified, but then we are all a work in progress, are we not? I mean, none of us are perfect, sadly. None of us are there, but we should be moving in that direction, right? So we are a work in progress. And here's the challenge. Um, we live in this awkward time. So Jesus has already come, right? He, he's come, he's lived, he's died. He's been resurrected, and then he ascended into heaven. So it's this time of already but he hasn't yet come back. He hasn't yet come back. So we live in this time of the already and the not yet. The already and the not yet. That's the period of time that we live in. So um, again, we're a work in progress. Our bodies, our souls, our spirits, they need to be cleansed. They need to be renovated, if you will. And, and that's the role of the Holy Spirit and, and It'll all be complete on that day of Jesus' return. But until then, we've got work to do because um, while we're here on earth, we're meant to become more and more like Jesus. Again, that's the process. That's what it means to become a disciple, to be a follower of his, to live, love, and lead like him. So what does that look like? How does that happen? Well, I believe it looks like the Holy Spirit being a holy housekeeper. The Holy Spirit being a holy housekeeper. I think that's the role that we see here beginning in verse 23. Look at this again with me. May God himself, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, did you notice this? It's God. It says, may God himself, may God himself. Notice that it's God who's doing the sanctifying. It's God who's doing the sanctifying. It begins when we receive this amazing gift of faith in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. That's when the sanctifying process begins. That's when God begins to cleanse us, to change us, to renovate us from the inside out to become more and more like Jesus. But it's a work that God does. God does this work. He's the one, the Holy Spirit, sanctifies us. Now, this is a challenge for us because we like to be in charge. We like to be in control, right? And so the, the thought, I mean, part of us loves the thought, like God's gonna do this for us, but then we're thinking, no, but I'd like to be in charge. Like, I want to be the one in control. I want to determine how much he changes, how much he controls. I want to determine the timeline and all of those things. But that's not how it works. It's God's work. He does it. I liken it to this. There are so many of those home improvement shows out there now, aren't there? I mean, they're all over. And, and some of them have the DIY ones that, you know, the do-it-yourselfers out there. Anybody watch some of those? You enjoy those? I find that those never turn out well. Have you noticed that? Like the DIY ones where they determine, well, this doesn't look all that hard. You know, I, I think I can do the project myself. I can do the renovation of the house myself. I'm sure I'll save money. And they never turn out well. You know, it always ends up costing more money than they thought. It takes way longer than they thought. It's much more frustrating than they thought. And the quality in the end it's not quite as good as it could have been, right, if they had just hired some professionals. It just doesn't turn out well. But then there are many others out there that um, they, they just let the professionals come in. Have you seen those? And, and they pretty much just say, all right, have at it. Here, here's some of my thoughts, but um, I'm just going to stand back let you do it. And I love those especially because a lot of those, they come in there and they just rip it all down to the studs and the foundation, right? They start afresh and then they begin to rebuild it. And in the end, it looks better than it was at the very start sometimes. Like here's an example. Here's a picture. So this is of a a kitchen remodel. You can see that beautiful um, vintage kitchen right there. That's what it looked before. Here's the during. So notice all the way down to the studs, to the foundation even. And then here's the after. A beautiful new kitchen. See, that's kind of what God wants to do in our lives, I believe. Like he wants to do this renovation where he takes it down to the very studs, down to the very foundation. And then he begins to rebuild our lives. He begins to rebuild us so that we look just pure, perfect, holy. That's his goal. that's his desire for us. And, and here's how I think it begins. It begins with that relationship with Jesus, right? And so it begins with this new foundation. So through faith in Jesus Christ, you begin to build your life on a new firm foundation. Jesus, The solid rock is who we build our lives upon, right? And then how do we build our lives? Well, the Holy Spirit builds us up through these gifts that He has. He comes and He wants to build us up through these gifts. And we talked about one of those gifts last week. It's the gift of prophecy. And what is the purpose of prophecy? It's to strengthen, it's to encourage, and it's to comfort. Strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so The Holy Spirit begins to build us, to remake us, to transform us in his image through his gifts. And then he's got to furnish the house, right? Like you need your house furnished. Well, How does he do that? He does does it through the fruit of the Spirit. And he gives us this priceless, beautiful, uh, amazing furnishings, things like love. Like, imagine, like, your house is a house of love. It's full of love, and it's full of peace and patience. Wouldn't that be something? And that's the kind of house I want, a house full of peace and full of patience. And goodness and faithfulness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Like all of those things. And that's, that's how he wants to furnish our lives, furnish our houses. See, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. This is what he wants to do in us. Begins with that firm foundation, faith in Jesus Christ. Begins to build us up, to remake us through the gifts of the Spirit. And then he furnishes our lives with the fruit of the Spirit. That's God's intent for us. God does it. God does it. Now, you may be asking this question, so if God's doing all of this, what role do I play in it? Well, I'm glad you asked that. The, uh, here's the role that, that we play. I think we sort of have like a two-part role in all of this. Here, here's the first part that we play. We, we sign the contract. All right, in biblical terms, we enter into a covenant with God, and we say to God, God, I just offer you my messed up house, my messed up life. It it it's not very pretty, but it I think there's some value in it. And and so here it is. I just give it to you. It's yours. It's yours for the taking. I commit to giving it over to you and allowing you to renovate it. That that's what it begins with. It, it's it's us entering into this covenant with God. We begin it. We hand over our lives to Him, and we invite Him to come in and renovate our lives. That's the first part that we play. It's a pretty simple one. The second one is really pretty simple as well. We just got to get out of the way. Remember, we're we're told not to quench the Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do this work. And when we quench the Spirit, we're really hindering the Spirit from doing what He does best. He is the professional. And see, too often we're trying to do the cleansing. We're trying to do the renovating instead of just standing back, getting out of the way and saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you do best. That's our role and our responsibility. We enter into the covenant, and then we allow him to do what he does best. We do our best not to quench him, to hinder him. So, what does this look like? Well again, I get another illustration for you. Everybody familiar with Hoarders? You've seen Hoarders? You know some Hoarders, right? Here's a little episode from Hoarders that we came across. You cannot walk through rooms. The stove is piled up to where I cannot cook on it. The sinks are piled up to where I can't get even any water out of the sink. last time I was in Nora's home was over 13 years ago. She will not allow you even to visit or stop by. It's been days where I can't get hold of my sister for like a day and a half on the phone. Yes, I'm worried about her. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah, I was watching an episode of Hoarders, um, I think it was a couple months ago, and. The situation had gotten so bad, similar to that one, where the city had actually intervened. And they came and posted a notice on her house and told her she had um, until such and such a date to get it cleaned up and livable or they were going to condemn her house. And so um, the week before they're going to condemn it, the, the city guy comes out and, and he meets with her. And now the, the camera crew and everybody are there as well. And um, he's like, "Ma'am." Like, we're going to have to condemn it unless you get it cleaned up in the next week. So she finally calls in, um, again, the TV show. She gets uh, her family members, and then the neighborhood folks come, and they begin to help. And they start taking the items out. But you know what was sad? They're, they're taking all these items out, and they're stacking them by the curb so that um, the city can come and collect them all and take them to the dump and, and be done with them. And as, as the people are taking the items out, guess what she's doing? She's picking them up, and she's taking them right back in. They take them out. She picks them up and takes them right back in. Looked sort of silly, but it was incredibly sad. And I think we're all like hoarders, like that in a spiritual sense, because the Holy Spirit wants to take things out that are not healthy and helpful And we have a tendency to go and pick them up and bring them right back in. Galatians chapter 5 speaks of all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit wants to take out of our lives and does take out of our lives. But guess what we do? We go and pick them up and bring them right back in. For instance, sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Did you know the Holy Spirit will take that out of your life. He will take sexual immorality out. And then what do we do? We go and we pick it back up and bring it back into the house. He'll he'll take out things like, like idolatry. He takes idolatry out, but then we walk over, we pick it up, and we bring it right back into the house. Continues to go. Things like hatred discord, and jealousy. He takes them out. And then we go pick them right back up and bring them back into the house. See, the Holy Spirit is at work. He's taking these things out. Selfish ambition, fits of rage, factions, envy, drunkenness. He he, he takes these things out of our lives, out of our houses, if you will, sets them aside, and what do we do? We go and pick them up, and we bring them back into the house. See, the Holy Spirit will do the work if we'll just let him. We'll just let him. And and we all know better too, like these hoarders. They know this is not a healthy environment. We need for this junk, this trash to be gone. And, and we experience those moments when, when the Holy Spirit has taken that, and you feel like I've been set free from that. And it's good. And then for some reason, we feel the need to go and pick it back up and bring it back into the house. But you know the good news? The Holy Spirit doesn't grow weary. He, he just continues to take it, and he takes it right back out. And no matter how many times we go and pick it back up and bring it in the house, he picks it up and takes it out again. And he will continue this process until Jesus comes back. That is the promise. One day we will be perfectly cleansed, perfectly pure. We will be exactly like Jesus on that day. In the meantime, we need to break this silly cycle, don't you think? Like, we need to stop going and picking it up and bringing it back in the house. And we have the power to do that. Did you know that? Like, you have the power not to sin, not to continue to pick up this stuff, this trash, this junk, and bring it back in your house. And that power is not your willpower. Okay, this is contrary to popular belief. Willpower will never get you where you need to go. You will always fail if you're relying on willpower. You know what power you need? Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power is the only power that is going to bring you ultimate success, ultimate cleansing and renovation. That is how we become sanctified. It's not through our willpower, us trying harder. It's through the Holy Spirit allowing him to do what he does best. He has the power. He is taking these things out. He is sanctifying us. He is purifying us and renovating our lives. He is doing that work. We just need to stop hindering him. We need to quit quenching the power of the Holy Spirit. He will do the work. Again, that, that's what he says here. I, I love this. First John 4, 4. Um, so, so there's so much about this. It says this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So the Holy Spirit power who now lives within you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the power in you is greater than any power in the world. Any will power, any power of any person. The Holy Spirit power is the greatest. Um, I love Philippians 4.13. It reminds us that I can do all things. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Who is the him that it's referring to? It's the Holy Spirit. We can do all things through the Holy Spirit who gives us strength. Remember, that's the point of the gifts, to build us up, to strengthen us. He gives us the power. He is the source of the power. And if, if we're still not clear that God's the holy housekeeper, um, I love verse 24. He, he, like, puts an exclamation point on it here, if you will. And, and God says, the one who calls you is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And he will do it. And, and then I, I got to share this one, too. Philippians 1.6. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. When? At the day of Jesus Christ. At the day of Jesus Christ. We know that this work is going to be complete, that there is an end date. It's when Jesus comes again. But here's the thing. Why wait till then? Right? How many people have sold a house? Like had to get a house ready and you've sold it? Anybody? Like not a single person? Okay, thank you. (laughs) If not, you've probably lived with somebody that's done that or known somebody that's done that, right? And have you noticed that there's a process to that? And it tends to go like this. So there have been all these little kind of projects, things that needed fixing, right? And you just kept putting them off until you're about to sell the house, right? And now you get it all fixed, because you got to have it all fixed before you sell, right, Hal? And so not only do you do that, but what do you do? You do some renovations, don't you? What do you typically renovate, Hal? Kitchen and, bathroom. kitchen and bathrooms, right? You've been longing to have this new kitchen and these new bathrooms, Right. But you don't do it until you get ready to sell the house. Then you get the house all, I mean, it's looking beautiful. And you've cleaned the house out, right? So your closets, you can actually maneuver through the closets, right? And through your bedroom and your basement and attic, right? You get this thing, and it is beautiful. And have you ever wondered, like, why didn't we do this sooner? Like, why didn't we do this so we could enjoy it? Like, we get it all in order just at the last days, right before we hand it over to somebody else. And I think in our spiritual lives, we're kind of the same way. Like, God wants to do this incredible work. Remember, it's a work He does, and yet we put them off. We put them off. And one day, that day when Jesus Christ comes back, it'll all be pure and perfect and complete. But He's saying, no, I wanna do that now. I wanna do that now. I want you to be joyful people. I want you to be full of thankfulness. I want you to be prayerful people. I want to give you these gifts to strengthen you, to encourage you, to build you up. I want to fill your lives with love and joy and peace and going on and on and on. Like, this is what I want for you. Why are you putting it off? Why do we put it off? Isn't that sort of silly? Why is it that when the Holy Spirit's cleansing our house, we go and pick it up, all that trash, and we just bring it back in? Why do we do that? We don't have to continue in that silly pattern. We have the opportunity to change that. But it's not going to be through our willpower. It's going to be through Holy Spirit power. He's the professional. He will do it. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that even though um, I know for myself, like positionally, I'm sanctified. I, I have the confidence that you're living in me and you're working in me and and I'm going to spend forever with you, but I, I know I am a work in progress. And, and I think there's many others here that can say the same. I, I know that I've had a tendency, like I've experienced those moments when you've taken these things out of my life. You've set me free from them and then for whatever silly reason, I've gone and picked them up and brought them right back in. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, forgive me for doing that. Forgive us, those of us who have done that and know better. Forgive us for, for hindering you, for quenching you, from keeping you from doing the work that, You do, not us. Lord, we pray that that today we might stop that silly pattern and allow you to have full reign, full reign in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. For those who have yet to receive you, we we pray that you would come and, and just invade their lives. If you haven't received the Spirit, just ask, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Cleanse me. Change me. Renovate me. Make me into the pure, holy, sin-free person that you ultimately will when Jesus returns. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We pray it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.